Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Daily News in Brief from Sherlock's.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Welcome to the Daily News in Brief podcast. Today is the 1st of August and this week's main stories are Boris Johnson has created a war cabinet to deliver Brexit by any means necessary by the 31st of October. Michael Gove, the minister in charge of preparations for a no-deal Brexit, said the UK government was now working on the assumption that the European Union would not agree a new deal. Johnson's war cabinet will make every decision on Brexit policy. It comprises Gove, Chancellor Sajid Javid, Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab, Brexit Secretary Steve Barclay and Attorney General Geoffrey Cox. Like Johnson, all five men are Brexiters who support no deal. Gove wrote in the Sunday Times that the entire machinery of government will work flat out to prepare for no deal. A YouGov survey for the same paper suggested there's been a Boris bounce, with the Tories opening up a 10% lead over Labour since Johnson replaced Theresa May. On Monday, the new Prime Minister made his first trip to Scotland, where he announced £300 million of funding for Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. He also held meetings with Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon and the leader of the Scottish Conservatives, Ruth Davidson, who's refused to support his plans for a no-deal Brexit. She's not alone in expressing grave concerns about Johnson's commitment to leaving the EU without a deal. The Confederation of British Industry warned on Monday that neither the UK nor the EU is ready for that outcome on the 31st of October. Meanwhile, the chief executive of Vauxhall told the Financial Times the car manufacturer would move production away from its Ellesmere port factory if Brexit made it unprofitable. Such a move would threaten a 1,000 jobs. After visiting Scotland on Monday, Boris Johnson went to Wales on Tuesday, where he was greeted with a series of warnings from farmers. Minette Batters, president of the National Farmers Union, said there would be no market for 40% of the UK's lamb meat in the event of a no-deal Brexit. Helen Roberts of the National Sheep Association in Wales added, It is time to stand up for ourselves. I suspect there will be protests. If the UK left the EU without a deal, the 37,000 animal carcasses it sends to Europe every week would be halted overnight because of strict EU import rules. Johnson also found time on Monday for a first phone call with Irish Premier Leo Varadkar. The UK leader demanded the EU remove the Irish backstop from any Brexit deal. According to a spokesman, Varadkar emphasised to the Prime Minister that the backstop was necessary as a consequence of decisions taken in the UK and by the UK government. However, Johnson was invited to Dublin for further Brexit talks. Wednesday saw Johnson travel to Belfast to meet representatives of Northern Ireland's five main parties in a bid to restore its power-sharing government. At the same time, US congressional leaders warned that any future trade deal with the UK would almost certainly be blocked by the US Congress if Brexit affects the Irish border and jeopardises peace in Northern Ireland. Johnson has previously claimed such a deal would help offset losses from leaving the EU. 
Congressman Richard Neal suggested a new US-UK deal could take four to five years to finalise, even without the Northern Ireland issue. Neal's co-chair of Congress's 54-strong Friends of Ireland caucus, Pete King, described Johnson's threat to abandon the backstop and endanger the open border as a needless provocation. In UK news... Emails published by House of Commons Committee suggest Cambridge Analytica worked for Leave EU on the EU referendum. Both sides have previously claimed analysis carried out by the notorious political consultancy for the pro-Brexit campaign group was only for the purpose of pitching for a more permanent arrangement. Brittany Kaiser, who was Director of Business Development at now-defunct Cambridge Analytica, says the emails she passed to the committee show the partnership went beyond that. Committee member Ian Lucas has now called for the Electoral Commission to reopen its investigation into Leave EU, which was founded by Nigel Farage and funded by Aaron Banks. Journalism charity Full Fact has said Facebook should immediately extend its fact-checking programme to cover Instagram. Full Fact was the first UK member of the programme, which gives fact-checking organisations the tools to scan Facebook for factual claims, mark them as true or false and provide a link to a more detailed assessment – It is paid by Facebook to provide the fact-checking service, which gives the social network the information it needs to suppress misinformation. Disputed content remains on site, but Facebook's newsfeed algorithm shows it to fewer people. Currently, Full Fact can check Instagram, but its judgments have no direct effect on misleading content. The Social Metrics Commission has found more than 4 million people in the UK are trapped in deep poverty – meaning they struggle to afford living essentials because their income is at least 50% lower than the official breadline. The Commission's research also revealed 7 million people are enduring persistent poverty, meaning they are currently in poverty and have been so for at least two of the last three years. Three MPs who went on a fact-finding mission to Canada have returned to predict the UK will legalise cannabis use within five to ten years. Last year, Canada became the first G7 country to allow recreational use of the drug. Returning from Toronto... Labour MP David Lammy reversed his position on the issue and has come out in favour of legalisation. Cannabis is currently a Class B drug in the UK and anyone caught with it faces up to five years in prison. Airline pilots, engineers and air traffic controllers have warned the safety of passengers is at risk because regulators are allowing manufacturers to self-certify equipment. One senior pilot said cosy relationships between the companies and regulators mean the Boeing 737 MAX crashes in Ethiopia and Indonesia could as easily have occurred in the UK. An investigation by the Times also revealed incidents of fuselage panels and other poorly fitted components falling off European flights in mid-air because aircraft had not been properly cleared to fly after maintenance work. The owner of Labrooks Coral has been fined £5.9 million by the Gambling Commission for not protecting vulnerable customers and for inadequate anti-money laundering measures. Among various failings between November 2014 and October 2017, the Commission found one Labrooks customer had lost £98,000 and asked it to stop sending promotions, but it failed to carry out social responsibility interactions. A Coral customer spent £1.5 million, but the firm did not ask the customer to provide evidence of their source of funds and no social responsibility interactions were carried out. Owner GVC Holdings must now pay £4.8 million and divest £1.1 million gained from customers as a result of its failings. Alistair Campbell no longer wants to be a member of the Labour Party. In an open letter, Tony Blair's Director of Communications told Jeremy Corbyn he is set to lose a general election to Boris Johnson and destroy Labour as a political force capable of winning power. Campbell was expelled from the party in May when he revealed he had voted Liberal Democrat in the European elections. 
The culture you have helped to create has made the party one that I feel no longer truly represents my values or the hopes I have for Britain, Campbell wrote. The Duchess of Sussex has guest-edited British Vogue's September issue. Meghan Markle did not put herself on the cover, instead choosing 15 women who break barriers. They include teenage climate activist Greta Thunberg and New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. A single unfilled space on the cover is taken by a mirror, which is designed to encourage readers to force change themselves. The Duchess said she spent seven months working on the magazine, which includes a conversation between her husband and renowned scientist Jane Goodall. As well as discussing racism and the environment, Prince Harry revealed he and Meghan want only two children. In policing news, a former High Court judge has said the conduct of police officers who probed an alleged VIP paedophile ring needs to be investigated. Sir Richard Henrique said police applying for warrants to search suspects' homes had claimed Carl Beach was a consistent witness. Beach was jailed for 18 years last week for inventing false allegations of murder and child sexual abuse, which prompted the launch of Operation Midland. Sir Richard said Beach had not been consistent even at the time. The Independent Office for Police Conduct has already cleared three detectives of any misconduct over search warrants, saying last week there was no evidence of any officer deliberately misleading the district judge in order to obtain the warrants. Operation Midland lasted two years and cost the Met Police £2.5 million, but ended in no arrests. Sir Richard was brought in by the Met to review the operation and published a damning report in 2016. It identified 43 separate failings and said police believed Beach for too long. Meanwhile, a disciplinary panel has found ex-PC Trevor Godfrey guilty of misconduct for failing to investigate Shana Grice's harassment claims against a former boyfriend who later killed her. 19-year-old Grice reported Michael Lane to Sussex police five times before he murdered her in Brighton in 2016. Godfrey told the panel he believed her accusations were a smokescreen to cover up an affair with Lane. The panel found Godfrey had not committed gross misconduct and told him he would not have been sacked if he was still serving. Grice's parents described the less serious misconduct charge as a joke and the hearing as a sham. In environment news, the Met Office has confirmed last week's heatwave set a new record for the UK's highest officially recorded temperature. On Thursday, 38.7 degrees Celsius was recorded at Cambridge University Botanic Garden, beating the previous record of 38.5 degrees that was set in Kent in August 2003. The heatwave spread across large parts of Central and Western Europe and also broke national records in Belgium, Germany and the Netherlands. A further report by the Met Office has shown all of the UK's 10 hottest years have occurred since 2002. Analysing temperatures since 1884... The National Weather Service found last year was the UK's seventh warmest, despite the beast from the east cold snap in February and March. In contrast, the ten coldest years all occurred before 1964, with half of them falling in the 19th century. Michael Byrne, lecturer in Earth and Environmental Sciences at the University of St Andrews, commented, The world has warmed one degree since pre-industrial times, meaning that hot years are now the new normal. The science of climate change is now clear. Scientists have pointed to fires raging in the Arctic Circle as the latest indication of the global climate crisis. The Copernicus Atmosphere Monitoring Service said at least 100 intense and long-lived fires have been recorded in the Arctic since June. Fires in June alone were responsible for creating 55 megatons of carbon dioxide, an amount roughly equivalent to Sweden's annual emissions. 
While summer fires are common in the Northern Hemisphere, the service said the latitude, intensity and duration of this year's fires was particularly unusual. The World Meteorological Organization had previously warned that rising global temperatures had worsened the drying of woodland and heightened the risk of fires. In education news... The Home Affairs Committee has declared the government's violence reduction strategy completely inadequate and called on Boris Johnson to take personal responsibility for tackling knife and gun crime among young people. A new report by the committee proposes greater investment in neighbourhood policing, including a commitment to put a police officer into all schools and areas with an above-average risk of serious youth violence by April 2020. It also says current government strategy contains no targets or milestones and few new actions – The Home Office has rejected the criticism, saying the committee's MPs failed to fully recognise its action on crime. An education chief has accused the government of pressuring a school at the centre of a row over LGBT relationships teaching. Parkfield Community School's No Outsiders Equality Programme has provoked ongoing protests, with some parents of Islamic faith opposing its lessons about LGBT equality. Hazel Pulley, head of the trust that runs Parkfield, has accused the Department of Education of pressuring the school to stop the lessons in order to keep the protests out of the press. The Department of Education said it had not attempted to silence the school, but aimed to ensure community tensions were not worsened by sensationalist coverage. Elsewhere in the world. Riot police fired tear gas and rubber bullets at pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong during an eighth consecutive weekend of anti-government demonstrations on the island. Tens of thousands of protesters attended a rally in a park before clashing with police as authorities blocked them from reaching the Chinese government's liaison office headquarters. Police fired tear gas and rubber bullets at protesters in the same area last weekend. This weekend, demonstrators said police had escalated action against them, firing earlier and more frequently. Police said demonstrators had set a cart on fire and pushed it towards them. There were more protests in Hong Kong on Wednesday as hundreds of pro-democracy demonstrators gathered outside the courthouse where 20 people had been charged with rioting. Under Hong Kong law, rioting carries a 10-year prison sentence. These are the first charges of rioting to be brought by authorities since the current wave of political unrest began. Activists have previously demanded the government not use the term riot to refer to demonstrations. As the crisis escalates, a US official said Donald Trump's administration was monitoring a build-up of Chinese military or armed police on Hong Kong's border. The doctor of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has said he might have been poisoned while he was in prison. After visiting her patient in hospital, the GP said swelling and a rash on his face could be consistent with chemical poisoning. The 43-year-old was rushed to hospital on Sunday after suffering what had been reported as an allergic reaction. He had been serving a 30-day sentence for calling an unsanctioned protest, which went ahead on Saturday and led to more than 1,300 arrests. The demonstration was against the refusal of electoral authorities to register independent candidates for Moscow City Council elections in September. Around 30 candidates have been disqualified, with officials saying they had failed to collect enough signatures to stand, but supporters claiming they'd been excluded for political reasons. Daniel Coates is to leave his role as U.S. Director of National Intelligence next month. Coates oversaw all 17 U.S. intelligence agencies, including the CIA and NSA, but was often at loggerheads with Donald Trump over foreign policy. The U.S. president announced via Twitter that Texas congressman and prominent Trump supporter John Ratcliffe was his nomination to replace Coates. Separately, 
The US president also used Twitter to describe black civil rights activist and Baptist minister Al Sharpton as a con man who hates white people and the police. Sharpton had been planning to hold a press conference in Baltimore to address bipartisan outrage in the black community about Trump's recent description of the city as a disgusting, rat and rodent-infested mess. A gunman killed three people and injured 15 before police shot him dead at a garlic festival in California. An eyewitness described a white man in his early to mid-30s firing a rifle. Donald Trump took to Twitter to urge people to be careful and safe. The Gun Violence Archive estimates that 8,434 people have died as a result of gun violence in the US in 2019. The US Justice Department has resumed its use of the death penalty, scheduling the execution of five death row inmates for December and January. The US government has executed only three defendants since the federal death penalty was restored in 1988. News of its resumption has been met by criticism. Democratic Senator Kamala Harris called the practice immoral and claimed the US needed a national moratorium on the death penalty, not a resurrection. A lack of evidence has prompted police investigating rape allegations against Brazilian footballer Neymar to suspend the case. Prosecutors now have 15 days to evaluate the case before a judge makes a final ruling. Brazilian model Nahila Trindade accused the player of attacking her in a Paris hotel in May. Neymar has denied the accusations, claiming he is being extorted. After revealing via an Instagram video that he had been accused, he published WhatsApp messages and images in the hope of proving that nothing really happened. The case has dominated headlines in Brazil ever since. Our facts of the week are Old Town Road by Lil Nas X is the longest reigning number one single in US chart history. A joint effort between the rapper and Billy Ray Cyrus, it has now sat on top of the Billboard Hot 100 for 17 consecutive weeks. The previous record was jointly held by Mariah Carey's One Sweet Day and Louis Fonzi, Daddy Yankee and Justin Bieber's Despacito. A British teenager has split $2.25 million with his Dutch teammate after the pair finished second in the Fortnite World Cup finals. 15-year-old Londoner Jaden Ashman said he was stunned to finish so high. A total prize pool of $30 million made the event the most lucrative in esports history. Ashman's mum said she had found it hard but now accepts her son as a professional esports player. The medieval sport of jousting is to join football in trialling video-assisted referees. The replay technology will be used by English Heritage to help determine when competitors, who are dressed in 20 kilograms of armour and brandish a 12-foot wood-tipped lance, have scored a hit on their opponents. Scoring is currently determined by a night marshal, assisted by two other mounted marshals. And finally, French farmers have warned the UK could be left facing a turkey shortage this Christmas, after hot weather sent the number of eggs plummeting. About a quarter of the UK's Christmas turkeys come from eggs sold by French farmers, but France's 40 degrees heatwave has seen supplies fall 10%. According to Paul Kelly, chairman of the British Turkey Federation, farmers are currently facing a nightmare. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.